0: This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. The Q&A, the diabetes research company. Diabetes Sisters, a world in which women are fully empowered to effectively manage their diabetes. Hey you, and welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your No Nobia source for thriving with diabetes. I am Taylor Danielle, and I want to just ask a question. I don't know if i call it a crazy question. I feel like it's a question that has come up for me a lot lately, just in everyday interactions and how I move about my routines. And that's basically like, how do I trust my body despite having diabetes? And the reason why I want to talk through this thought is I've noticed in like past couple of appointments when I've had something that was going on with my body that I couldn't fully explain that the answer ended up being it's because of my diabetes. And I don't quite understand if that is truly the case. And I got to a point where I started to feel like everything was because of my diabetes. And I've had this kind of disruptive relationship with my body in a sense of like, when I want things to change for the better, it's held back because of my diabetes. Or if I feel this ache or pain, I'm only feeling that because of my diabetes. And so I found myself out of sync in a way because everything was tied to my diabetes. And so it felt like I couldn't trust the things that I was feeling. I couldn't say that, hey, my shoulder hurts because I slept wrong. It was more, oh, my shoulder hurts because I'm having inflammation because my blood sugars were too high, things like that. And so I've noticed just second guessing what my body is going through and feeling I don't know how to properly treat it or ask for the right type of help. So I want to dive into this today because I feel like this is something that many of you have also experienced or if you live with any type of chronic condition or disability that sometimes it feels like everything that's going on with you falls back onto that. So let's dive into that. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your NOBIA source for thriving with diabetes. I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennials living with diabetes have an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type two diabetes, and I had no one around my age to understand how I could still travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset perspective and lifestyle changes that are unique to you, together, We can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the bread table talk for those living with diabetes. Minus the entanglements though. So let's do it. So big question. And I will admit and I don't even know if I can say admit, but I will just be honest in that. I don't have an answer to this immediately. I can only share. What I've been doing in in relation to this question of how do we trust our bodies when we live with a chronic illness. And I feel like the first step that it took for me was still advocating for myself and speaking up when things didn't feel right or seem right. And even if that meant pushing back with my doctor. And understanding that diabetes can't be the answer to everything that's going on with me. And I feel like it started to open up more avenues of can we test other things? Yes, test things that are like related to diabetes. But can we look past if I was a patient that didn't have diabetes, what would be your thought process on this? So, for example, because it's happening right now my eye is nice and swollen and a little irritated it did have a stop there was a set of lashes that i wore that even in the moment i knew i was like something's gonna happen with this because it was like too close to my lash line and it was irritating it so made my eye itchy and pair that with allergies and when your eye itches just unconsciously rubbing it now i do my best to keep my hands as clean as possible not perfect by any means so it's got agitated it got itchy and it got swollen and so oftentimes certain ailments that come up can wind up in the diabetes bucket if you will versus okay the cause of a sty is just irritants and a you know gland in your eye that's basically mildly infected and it's doing what it does best to recover itself and so my first round having one And I was able to pinpoint the thing that agitated it. And, of course, I'll go through and make sure, like, things like my mascara, anything that touches my eyes closely are thoroughly cleaned makeup brushes and the like. But I remember when I was looking up what just potentially what could be the cause of it. I do Google symptoms. I just don't take them with a full grain of salt because obviously some things come up with extremes. But having had a style before, I knew the, the signs of it. So I still like to keep tabs on things going on because at least with your eyes and diabetes, it can lead to complications. And I've had a friend that uh, ended up having to have surgery on his eyes because of his diabetes. And it kind of just sent me into this mild panic of okay, this thing is going on with my eye. Am I going blind? Am I, do I need to to go to the hospital? Is this because of my blood sugars? Checking my blood sugars to see, am I in range? And I'm, I'm fine. And so I've had to start creating this system that when I have something that's off with my body to do a series of checks, because in order to build trust, I feel like there has to be continuous actions that... Earn that trust, just like you would with a person and wanting to gain their trust as a friend, family member, partner, whatever. There are steps, right? And part of that is taking my medication on time and eating adequately and seeing the results of doing so through like my CGM data. That by doing that, my body does this. And that builds confidence that my body is going to do this when this happens. So when something off happens, I check, okay, are my blood sugars in check? Did I eat today? Am I going high? Am I going low? Am I high or am I low? And that way I can immediately rule out anything diabetes related. Because your body will still experience things that has nothing to do with your diabetes and won't be triggered by it at all. Like getting a cold. That's not... Anywhere near the realm of that. Although could some argue that our immune system might be a little bit lower? Sure, but not saying that's what it is. So building trust for me is taking a series of actions that builds confidence in whatever it is that you're checking against. And for me, what builds confidence is checking my blood sugar levels and seeing, okay, if I'm in the if I'm in range and I'm in the green and I've been eating throughout the day, I'm not in the green because I haven't eaten all day, then whatever's going on with me in this particular moment may not have anything to do with diabetes. So it's been a journey because there have been other things that have come up. I was dealing with what many know as frozen shoulder, where it's inflammation in your shoulder joint, so you can't move it, and it's painful, and because of the swelling and inflammation in that joint, you don't have the same type of flexibility that you did. And my doctor, when I went to her about it, there was a specific name for it. And I can't remember the name and no shade to, to my doctors, nurses, scientists and all that. But like some of these names for things, should they're just not people friendly. And in experiencing that, I, she told me it was basically diabetes related and that's why. And that it couldn't possibly have anything to do with anything else. And she gave me some medication to try to help this, the inflammation go down, um, told me that I got to keep my blood sugars in check because high blood sugar can, you know, trigger inflammation. But something that I've always thought about is, okay, well, other people, though, have inflammation and other people have experienced this kind of thing. So is it just because of my diabetes? Or could it be possibly that I've been eating something that has been causing me to have this type of reaction. And so I started doing things like, once I realized that I had mild allergies and was starting to react to them more, having been in Austin so long, I started taking like Allegra. And I don't take it every day, but I did start to take it in in high allergy seasons. And I did notice that my shoulder actually started to get a little bit better. Now, at the same time, I was monitoring my blood sugar levels and it did decrease into a steady range because I had gotten on a new medication shortly after that. And then for the most part, like it's my, it was my left shoulder, it's pretty much back to normal. I still have some creaks and aches, but now my right shoulder and head started having issues. I hadn't gotten up to the point of needing a steroid shot because... Steroid shots will definitely send your blood sugars high. Both my endo and my primary were like, we want to avoid that because it's gonna go up there and it might be up there for a while. And long-term elevated blood sugars is not good for anybody. So when I started to experience that, I did the same thing. Keeping tabs on my blood sugar levels, checking into what I'm eating, am I eating any inflammatory foods, how I'm sleeping. I was having neck issues at one point and like lower back issues. And part of it was just like being strained. Because I'm on screens all day, and I'm on my phone all day, and I'm usually in a position hunched over like this, even though I do try my best to have all of my screens and stuff aligned to where they're ergonomically friendly. I have a sit-to-stand desk to ensure that I stand up and get some circulation and not always sitting in one spot all the time. Again, creating those checks And balances to create or instill confidence in what I have going on with my body so that I'm not immediately running and blaming everything on diabetes when that might not even be the case. Because I think part of if we blame everything on diabetes, then when we go to our doctors, we're teaching them to expect that and not to look in further as to why we might be experiencing some form of discomfort. So that was one thing that I have been working through. And I think the other part is giving my body time. And I, I say this in terms of, especially when you're getting on a new medication regimen, you get a new tool, or you're trying to build another habit. Giving myself time has been crucial because I'll use working out, for example recently got a peloton Uh, i bought it used and if you are concerned about getting a bike used the only thing that doesn't transfer is the warranty unless the person who originally bought it is willing to call it in for you but you can reach out to peloton support and they'll make sure that you can get set up on the membership account so that way you can activate your bike so i recently got a peloton and i've been trying to Get more movement in because I'm not making it to the gym. I've been paying for a gym membership for the last six months and I hadn't stepped foot in it because I thought, okay, I'm just going to. I mainly wanted it for weight training, but I'm trying my best to get over working out at home because my job is fully remote. And despite going out more and finding a place of normalcy amongst the pandemic, I'm still in that stay inside as much as possible mode. And I still do try to pace outing. I did have my own experience with the Omarion variant of COVID. It, It was fairly quick. I am vaccinated. And so I didn't have any major complications with it. But, you know, once you have it and you go through that and it's a little scary still because it's something that shut the whole world down, you find yourself, you know, more appreciative of your space. At least I did. And even now, I would dread having to drive into an office. I would. I've become quite attached to being at home. And so what I realized that I had to do was create opportunities at home that was basically gonna get me out of my comfort zone. Part of that is creating more content, doing things like reels and more videos and stuff like that. But also working out at home. I I didn't want to work out at home because I didn't want my place where I live to be everything. But I feel like I've done a good job of creating spaces of separation for that. And after doing a Peloton ride with a friend, I realized that this might be the best that I can do for myself in order to make sure that I am getting some type of movement. And I say movement very intentionally because, one, it's, for me, it's a psychological thing. If I say workout, like, my brain is just, I am to do it. Nope. But I also realized that my... Discomfort with working out at home was less than my discomfort of going to a gym because I I do get anxious going to a gym. There's so many options, so many machines, so many weights, and I don't know how to use them all. I'm not fully gym literate, (laughs) I'm not exercise equipment literate. And so when you see other people who are like going at it and seem to know what they're doing, it's intimidating. And especially when you are. Still in the process of this relationship with your body to shape it in a way that you want, that still is healthy first and aesthetic second. You still, or at least for me, I still had worries about someone's watching me or I'm gonna be doing something and someone's gonna come up and say, hey, that's not the right form. I, there's a term in the gaming world whenever you're, you know, live streaming and playing a video game, and maybe it's used elsewhere. Let me know if this is the case, but it's called backseating, where Other people who are not the primary person playing is telling you how you should play. And I don't like being given direction without me giving permission to give direction. And there's only like small exceptions to the rule. If I'm working somewhere and I have a manager or supervisor or whatever, and they're like, hey, I need to show you how to do this. This is how you need to do it. Okay, that's one thing. But if it's something that I'm actively choosing to do that's in my control, that I'm doing for myself only, and someone comes up and tells me how to do it, and they don't they'll lead with, hey, would you be open to hearing uh, a thought about how you're doing this? Like, it, 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 no, shut it down. I'm not, I'm not a fan. Please don't tell me how to do what I'm doing. And we see that a lot in the diabetes community where you will post what you ate or share what you were doing, or whatever. And then someone will swoop in and tell you how you should do it. And they have no clue what your lifestyle factors are. They have no clue what access you have to certain things. They have no clue what kind of insurance you have. They have no context. And yet they're trying to tell you how you should do something. Like, that's bothersome. So when it comes to exercise or playing a video game, I want to figure it out for myself unless I ask for some type of support. So I would have these stupid, silly, like, I don't want to call them daydreams, but like just playing things out in my own head that would cause me anxiety that I'm going to be like doing a squat or something. And someone's going to come up behind me. It's already uncomfortable. I'm like hey you're doing that wrong let me help you and then immediately try to help me and I didn't give consent to yes you can and aside from that like social media has ruined us in so many ways even though it's so helpful in so many ways like when you see those videos of like people who are minding their business doing their workout and it looks like they're using the machine in an odd way or they're doing something in a strange way I don't want to end up in one of those videos that's the other thing or notice some girls' yoga pants is weird, or you're being a guy. I don't want to say you're being a guy, but like you're being a creeper and you're just zooming in on somebody's ass while they're trying to do their deadlifts or something. Like social media has created this culture that we can just film people everywhere. And it makes me nervous about that because people don't take in context, they don't consider or search for any deeper meaning into why a situation might be playing out the way that it is on a video. I had to pause to talk to you about a service that I've actually been using. That service is 9AM Health. 9AM Health is a virtual diabetes clinic that makes it so easy to manage without having to leave my house. I'm talking A1C labs done from home. Medication shipped directly to your house having your own diabetes care specialist who helps you with all of the little things that go in between management, things like helping with food or lifestyle changes or changing certain habits. They will support you in all of that. It is so much cheaper than what I was paying with insurance. So I'm really grateful for 9am health and everything that they're providing in order to make someone like myself Have an easier time with diabetes care management, because we all know it can be really challenging, but to know that I can text, call or send them a message on the online app in order to get support. And I don't know about you, but trying to take off time from work to go to the doctor, having to sit in the waiting room for 30 minutes only to meet with your doctor for five it's just such an archaic experience, and I really feel that 9AM Health changes all of that. Would love for you to try it out. Click the link in the show notes and tell them I sent you. If you're like me and you've been involved in the diabetes community, I've always felt like, how can I contribute to our growth? That's where dq and comes in. dq and is a diabetes research company that sends out quarterly surveys in order to ask questions and learn about what those living with diabetes go through. Each survey always has a theme and provides different types of questions from what type of medication do you take to have you experienced burnout before? And our answers help research stuff that we may need. And I think that's pretty awesome. I joined as a member and have began taking the surveys. It's a quick way to lend your perspective and to support furthering research on ways that diabetes can get better especially the responses of people of color the surveys don't take long at all and they compensate you for your responses each time that you complete one you can either get like an amazon gift card direct cash through like paypal or you can have those funds donated to your favorite foundation thanks to DQA for sponsoring this episode if you want to get involved click the link in the show notes Being diagnosed with diabetes is definitely a challenge. Add to that the ups and downs of being a woman, and it gets even more complicated. That's where a community like Diabetes Sisters steps up. The Diabetes Sisters has an educational platform and support system where we can get together and talk about the things that we experience. It's for women of all ages and stages and for all types of diabetes. What I love about Diabetes Sisters is they have a wealth of knowledge on their blog, on their forums, but they even have community support through pods where I can actually meet up with local women and have in-person conversations or virtual conversations to talk about the things that we go through. It's a great place for sisterhood and community. I appreciate that it's their mission to improve the health and quality of life for women with diabetes and to advocate on their behalf click the link in the show notes to learn more about how you can get involved and thank you diabetes sisters for sponsoring this episode and for supporting and advocating for women everywhere so doing my like checks and balances of is my blood sugar levels where they're supposed to be have i eaten all right and then creating or having this low anxiety space to do more movement and be patient with the changes that are happening with my body those two combined especially having the self-compassion and patience piece has been my biggest helpers in finding trust and rhythm with my body since getting my peloton have i missed a couple days sure But I do enjoy when I do the rides. And I'm not doing nothing hard, y'all. I'm doing like 20-minute beginner rides because I didn't want to burn myself out in movement before I could reap the benefits of it. And trying to use movement in the form of the spin bike as a way to wind down, as a way to expel some energy, as a way to keep my body moving because I'm sitting or, you know, standing a lot throughout the day and enjoying something that's just purely for myself that doesn't require me to have to leave the comforts of my home and go to a place that I don't feel comfortable in. So, I'm curious as to how you build trust with your body or do you feel like you trust your body? Because when you have a chronic illness, it's totally understandable to feel betrayed. Because in a way, your body is there to protect you, right? It's supposed to process things. And when it doesn't function the way that it's supposed to, it can be off-putting. But definitely, I take full responsibility for where I'm at in this stage in life with my body because it's, it can only do so much, and there's still a, a whole computer system in our heads that determines what happens there's only so much passive things that the body does in terms of like making sure everything's functioning and flowing making sure that you're digesting things and all these things that it does on its own without intervention of the brain giving all the commands and direction and I just wonder if we were to trust more in our bodies and support it more how far could that take us and I'm not saying that to like try to guilt anybody or especially myself into things like when I enjoy food and it's not always the best choice. I find myself like just beating myself up. You shouldn't be eating that, or it's gonna make you feel like crap later. We should get on the bike or whatever. But I feel that self compassion piece is just the biggest part of. I get I'm not gonna get it perfect every day, and I'm grateful for. you've brought me so far because our bodies have taken us so far despite all the growth and changes and and from being small to being big or being big to being small whatever to trying to take in medication so we can operate better like our bodies do so much and so with doing my checks and balances with my diabetes with having self-compassion and patience I feel like the last kind of piece of this is just building that trust and confidence in our bodies also takes listening. And I know that seems odd, but listening to ourselves because we truly have control and power over over our vessels, our beings, flesh and blood that we utilize every day, right? But we don't always listen to it. And part of that is just understanding the language that our body is speaking. It can't just directly talk to us. And I'm pretty sure if I had a body part that started directly talking to me, I would immediately think that I've gone immediately crazy <laughs> and might need some professional help. But it does communicate with us. That's why we feel pain or pleasure, or we have the sensations that we do to help communicate information. And so listening. Is not just about what goes through our ears. That's how we communicate with other people. But even then, body language is still a thing. And it's a body communicating. But listening. So when I feel an ache or pain or when I'm eating and I feel myself getting slower and fuller, taking those cues and those signals of this means stop. This means go. This means that hurts. This means whatever. and. I feel like yoga practices touch on this well. Well, maybe not yoga specifically, but like meditative practices. So yeah, meditative practices, that's what I'm looking for, which could be yoga, which could be all forms of meditation. But there's always something that you hear in meditation, which is scan through your body. And it took me a minute to feel that, to feel like I'm scanning my body. And I had to visualize it in a way. But it's more focusing on certain parts of your body. And paying attention to what you're feeling. Something that you can that's a great grounding exercise is focus on the bottoms of your feet. And it takes a minute to do that and to start to realize the sensations that you're feeling. It's almost like when you hear about people like who might go blind or were born blind or who might go deaf or were born deaf, and how their other senses were heightened. And we can and are capable of recreating that kind of feeling of take away this one sense and focus solely on this spot. The reason why those, part of the reason I feel that those senses are heightened is because one of those senses were taken away and it forces you to rely more on those other ones. I'm saying all that to say like when I did the practice of focusing on your feet, bottoms of your feet, feeling your feet in your socks and in your shoes and on the floor, like all through that, I don't know the best way to describe it, but it was almost like this energy. And I'm not saying that to sound super woo, like that's what it felt like. And suddenly I just was hyper aware of how my socks were feeling on the bottom of my feet or how I could feel the ground. And that's what scanning is. So whenever I feel an ache or a pain, so let's say my shoulder, sometimes I do have to close my eyes, but just focusing in on that isolated area and what am I feeling? And so doing that throughout your body, you know, once a day, I feel is a great way to tune in because our bodies hold information and I'm not just talking about DNA. And like when I feel an ache in my back and I focus in on that, okay, what could be causing that the way that I'm sitting? Am I sitting all the way back in my chair? Do I need a pillow support? Whatever. And then when that feeling dissipates, it's because it's spoken that it was uncomfortable, but now I've adjusted and made it comfortable. So I hope that made sense. Sometimes I feel like I have these thoughts and it's hard to organize what they mean in my head and say them out loud. But it is important to have a harmonious relationship with our bodies. and. You have to find what way works for you in doing that because, yes, when having a chronic illness, you can feel like your body is fighting against you, but I feel at least, definitely enough to agree, but I feel that at least with diabetes, it's your body communicating to you in a way that needed to be a bit louder. And I know for those who are insulin dependent where a part of you stopped working or never worked, right? Talking about pancreas and creating insulin and all that, that it can feel like it's super unfair because you have a function that is supposed to be working and it's not. And so we have to do manual steps for that. So I totally get how it can be hard to trust in your body when a primary function isn't there. But I would challenge you to still try to find a place of harmony with your body because when you do give it what it's supposed to create, it does function well. You'll have to confirm if it's if well is the word, but <laughs> it does function whenever you provide it what it needs. And so learning to have patience and self-compassion with, with our bodies, it's to me a key to unlock how much more we can still do physically. It's a way to see how... We can learn how to do different actions that can progress it. I find movement not as daunting as it used to be. But I don't beat myself up if I don't check off the list that I didn't get on the bike today or go for a walk or whatever. Sometimes what my body needs is rest. And I don't feel bad as much whenever I sleep a little longer. Things like that. Yeah, it's definitely a question to keep asking and to keep exploring, and I will continue to explore because I only got one. And it's a relationship that needs to be in sync in order to prosper, in my opinion. So being out of sorts and not trusting that my body can do anything does hold me back from being able to do anything. I would have never known that I could jump had I not tried to jump. I would have never known that I could run had I not tried to run. I would have never known I could walk if I not tried to walk, even if I, so with that, practice finding harmony with your body practice finding trust even if it's just as simple as doing closing your eyes and trying to tune in to certain areas of your body focusing on the bottoms of your feet is a very common one and I feel like it's one practice that has helped me to learn how to better communicate with myself in terms of me as the cognizant brain if you will listening to what the rest of my body is doing that can't speak the way you and I do hope that helps I'm curious to know y'all's thoughts so be sure to write in on the weekly feedback post and let me know how you feel about this episode I'm curious to know how you got a feeling and if you experience you know either a similar distrust or if you're working on harmony with your body so make sure that you are following on Facebook Instagram and YouTube and feel free to reach out to me on there and then of course keep listening on your favorite podcast platforms. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'm so grateful to have you guys here. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye.